0: Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here to talk about the local real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And Mike, you know what I want to start with today? It's my new billboard campaign. All right. So, so there's a new movie coming out, and I realized that I hadn't done a different billboard in a while, you know, so I had... I think people know I mimicked the Tiger King, did yes. the home selling kings. Big, I've big done one. a bunch of lightning I've done a bunch of lightning ones that were funny. I did Santa Claus. Um so so I've done some creative billboards that, that kind of pushed the envelope. I had a few during COVID that uh, that I'd never released because they were pushing the envelope a little too much. Okay. And my team was like, Andrew, no, 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 <laughs> you can't do this, you know. So so anyway, I thought they were funny. I thought they were humorous, but I think at the time they probably wouldn't have been taken that way. Anyway, so um, I got this good idea and I ran up by my, my media guy and I said, you know what I want I want to run with this. So um, I am I am basically Tom Cruise in a new billboard. And it says, "Are okay. you a Top Gun? We're hiring new agents." <laughs> I love it. You know? And and so I have like the the top the, the Tom Cruise sunglasses and the bomber jacket, and there's a jet behind me. Oh and yeah! I thought it was hilarious because the movie's coming. You know, the new movie's yes. coming out, and and so um, nonetheless. Uh, look for the, uh, the new billboard. It, it obviously talks about our growth and, and we're looking to hire agents. You can check us out at join the or Duncan to get to our agent applications, whether you're a current real estate agent, whether you're uh, somebody thinking about getting into the business, we actually even have a scholarship program. If you meet certain criteria for people uh, that we can either that, that we can reimburse your expenses for getting your license, wow. if you you know check off the boxes that that make sense for us. So, nonetheless, we're growing, and I think it's just a um, you know just like anyone else, we're looking to hire. You know, there's a lot of businesses out there seeking people, so we have decided to do some new and innovative things to try and attract the right talent to our team. And That's I, awesome. I think. There's a shift happening in the real estate industry right now that's going to cause a lot of agents, especially with rising interest rates. Um, I think it's going to cause a lot of agents to have to look for a, a new place to, to work. They're going to have to look for a place that's maybe more innovative with advertising and marketing, and more innovative with their training on negotiations because it's, it's getting tougher. And um, I think that that's going to continue. That, that that doesn't mean the real estate market's tough, because the, the prices are still going up. There's just so few homes for sale available right. that you've got to know how to be very creative in terms of generating the business. So so that's something that we've been um, that we've been working on. But again, that's jointheduo.com. We actually have a career night also that we do the second Tuesday of every month. You can register for that. We have that coming up on May twelfth. Okay. So you can get you can get that at jointheduo.com. Uh again, that's jointheduo.com. If you go to our website, at duncanduo.com there's some stuff in the about us play, pay, place where you can click to our hiring ads. But but nonetheless, I thought it was a good time to come out with a new billboard. We've we'd had the lightning billboard up for a while, and man, it's worked great for us. They're, they're winning a lot, Yeah, but, but I Playoffs think most people that, Yeah, most people that follow Lightning know that, you know, we're associated with them. Right. So we thought it was time for something new. So I'm going to uh we're gonna have the Top Gun one, so I we have like a home. It. We have a home selling one for the Top Gun one as well, and it's like your home sold fast as a fighter jet, you know. All right, it's very so, cool. So, nonetheless, I thought it was kind of cool to uh, to talk about that and and our pursuit for for hiring agents. And so, obviously, we talked a lot on the on the show about what's going on in real estate. You know, prices are rising, bidding wars, but also interest rates. Yes, uh, interest rates have come up a lot. Historically they're still relatively low. I remember when I was buying homes in the mid 2000s and the interest rates today are around what they were then. Right. And back then I thought these are pretty decent interest rates. You yes. know, and and uh now people because ca- comparison is the enemy of joy, people are comparing their current interest rates to what was available 6 months or a year ago and they're unhappy with it. But if you compare them historically, they're still relatively low in, in historical terms.
1: Yeah, and I think what what what's stirring the market a little bit more and is making more topical is they move so fast, right? I mean, we we were quoting people in the 3s in in January and now we're in the mid 5s and and so they move faster than than they have since 1994 and so that's a long time ago, right? That they yeah, moved this quick. Of and so that's why it's very topical and and people are talking about it. But you're right. If you if you stretch it out over a long period of time, they are um still low. Um you know, they are where they were ten years ago and whatnot. I mean, they you yeah. know we, we hit they're over five percent a little bit in 2018, so they're not crazy. Um, you know, they're going to yeah. be there. It's still a good time to. But part of what what's now coming in, you're starting to hear more people talk about it is, if you did have an interest rate in the some a lot of people in the twos in the threes, do you want to sell? And this could hurt the inventory problem a little bit. Do you want to sell to trade that for a
0: five and a half? True. The, and I think there are also people that would look at it like. Yes, I do because I don't want it to go even higher. Correct. You right. Know, so, so I think it'll. I, I think that. I don't think that. I don't think that'll be a relatively negligible impact, truthfully. And I also think there's just as many people that think with rates, or just as many sellers that would think, oh, with rates rising, is that going to hurt affordability? So, and was my value going to drop because less Correct. people can buy it? So maybe I should sell now before rates jump up even more and and shrink the market even more to get me max price. So, so again, I think a lot of it just depends on what your plans are, what you're doing after, um, but. I think another thing that um, that, that I think is going to happen a lot. There's a lot of mortgage companies out there that have really banked on refinances, and yes, that, the realtors are going to become y'all's best friend again. Yeah. not to say. I mean, obviously, we have a great relationship with you guys, and and we've always um, you know had part mortgage partners and things. But I think there are a lot of mortgage companies that got away from that. Because they could do they could do refinances all day long for people. They could buy phone lists. They could base look at dates, years purchased, and and solicit. And there was a lot of easy money to be made in the refinance business for the uh, mortgage industry. And now that is not the case. So I and I think that's going to cause a lot of you know weaker loan officers um you know weaker mortgage companies i think it's going to push a lot of them out of the business into other areas um similar to what i think is happening with real estate where you know because there's lower inventory and higher interest rates i think it will push some of the weaker agents out i think i think it's going to be even more so with with um on the mortgage side yeah and we're already seeing it you're starting
1: to see companies lots of companies i mean from the big banks you know that that we all know in the names to to some some of the smaller companies announcing layoffs, laying people off, curbing back, because, you know, if volumes are down 30 or 40%, they just don't need as much staff at doing it. And unfortunately, you're, you're starting to already see those announcements. You'll probably see a lot of, you know, mergers and acquisitions of companies going in there. We're starting to see that um, as well. Our company did, you know, an acquisition recently, uh, you know, and purchased another company. But you'll see a lot of that. But you're right. I think a lot of mortgage professionals, as well as real estate agents, are going to get out of the business. And generally, it's the, the the weaker ones in it. Of course. So it's a good cleansing, right, for our industry, for for probably for people like me and you, and really yes, ultimately for the consumer out there, it'll be better because you'll get true professionals—people that have been in this, have handled the market—not yep.
0: just somebody that came in to just ride the wave. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I think the companies like yours that have strong relationships with real estate agents are gonna are gonna be turn fine. out just fine. Yeah. Yes, because the, there's always going to be people that are gonna look to move, and and it's just the, the natural course of business. But one other thing that that I'm starting to. Um, you know, to see is almost like a trickle down from this, um, and and I think it's it's natural for consumers to say, "Hey, uh, you know what? Now I'm gonna sit on the sidelines, or I'm gonna wait because I think something I think." you know, it's either prices are going to drop or right. gonna, it's just not like there's too many people moving here and there's too many cash buyers willing to pick up the inventory. So even with high interest rates, it's, it's not going to have a negative impact on Tampa Bay's real estate market. It's just, it's just not that the data doesn't support it and there's no inventory in order for that to turn around. You've got to have a surplus of inventory or an influx of inventory. That's not coming from anywhere, you know, so, so it's just not there, but you are seeing fewer homes per house. Is it eliminating some buyers from the market? Of course, but we already have, you know, several times more, uh, several hundred percent more buyers than we can find homes for. You know I mean? There are way more buyers for real estate there are homes available for sale in Tampa. So even if you lose some of those people, it's not affecting the market as a whole, because you can only sell a house to one person. You right. can't sell it to the 20 people that want it. Yes. So so the reality is, again, while it could nationally cause some slowdowns, and while there are a lot of people concerned about the national real estate market. Really doesn't even exist. It doesn't exist. Like well, it's a, it's, real estate is local. We're not going to have a problem in Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, and I think you, you're hearing a lot of people talk about it, and the media is coming out and talking about the, you know, interest rates rising, and that's why you know numbers are down, the number of transactions are down, and everything else, and that simply just isn't. Factual that is coming in. The reason the number of this some of the transactions are down is because there isn't any inventory. Right. There's actually less inventory now than there was a year ago. And we've yep. been talking about this forever. There hasn't been more inventory that's come in. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's really just the narrative in Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah. No inventory and builders aren't going to have any anytime soon. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that the market uh, will gobble it up even if it does come on. If there's some large development or a builder, you know, creates a bunch of inventory really fast, which is just not going to happen anyway but but nonetheless um rising rates rising prices not slowing down our market i think there was a release this week even that said uh that tampa bay was going to be the number one real estate market um you know in the next year and i think it was pretty close to that in the last year in terms of appreciation percentages so still very economically sound and still very value priced when you compare it to um, other parts of the country. Yeah, you hear people say that. Are they
1: going prices going too high and everything else? But compared to some of the other large cities They're in not. America, we're, we're very well priced. It's very, I mean, compared to even Miami, right? Like or something like that in our very own state, you know, the house that you can get here is, is still much more.
0: Yeah, no, I, I had a friend that, that um, you know, it, him and his wife, he's actually in real estate, a really good friend of mine was move, is moving to Miami from Jacksonville and uh, his wife is an attorney in the military and they've been looking at homes And making offers and they offered on a million dollar house and it went for 1.25 wow we're not seeing that like our luxury market and in fact i'm actually going to talk about this a little bit because i think it's important when you when you look at the real estate market it can really it can really be broken down into segments you know like you not only do you get local and hyper local like city Neighborhood, you know, like the, the it can be different in one city compared to another city. Sure. It can be going really well in Riverview and maybe not as well in Dover, you know, or or really well in Tampa but not as well in Palm Harbor, you know. And, and I'm not saying that's that's not accurate. I'm just giving an example. But similarly, you can say like, oh, the market's really good above a million, or it's you know really good between 500 and 700, and then it falls off here. And I think historically, you've seen the luxury market operate a little bit differently than our our retail, you know, kind of main average price point market. And, um, you know, I'll continue this conversation after the break. So if you're if you're into the luxury real estate market, if you own a luxury home, if you're a buyer for a luxury home, just stay tuned on the other side. I'm going to go into a little bit more of this analysis on breaking that down because because it, it is different. So, we'll be back. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about the luxury real estate market after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So, we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. So, so I touched on this briefly before the break, but the luxury real estate market historically, um, statistically, doesn't kind of align with uh, the, the norms that you see in the rest of the real estate market. However, it's probably more closely aligned than it's ever been Sure. Um, because we have more, more wealthy people moving here, more CEOs, more business owners, more builders building the inventory, and more demand in that space because of peop- wealthy people moving from up north and out west. So um, where you used to say, oh, we only see bidding wars you know, to this number and to that number, it's certainly not Miami like the example I gave before the break. Where we're seeing, you know, way up above asking price on on the high end stuff, yeah, it happens, but very, very, very rare. Um, however, our luxury market is is trending at really close to asking price list to sell price ratio. Our our regular core prices are one hundred one, one hundred two percent averages right. of asking price, but but above a million, you're looking at ninety seven to ninety nine percent. Whereas, I mean, there were years I remember in real estate where it's 10%. Like if, sure. if you're selling, if you're asking a million, expect 900, you know? And and so now that number has gotten a lot tighter and tighter and we ju- we just have a lot more wealthy people moving to Tampa Bay. And, and here's my, the point that I make behind this for, for, um, all of the people that look at real estate and evaluate it. I tend to think the majority, not all of wealthy people. Because there's a lot of wealthy people that just inherited it, you know, trust fund babies. And what, but the majority of wealthy people are smarter about money. Okay, they're very strategic about where they move. They do a lot of analysis. They look at math. They're probably better at math than uh, you know. They're good at it. It's why they have a lot of money, right? So they, they've evaluated and analyzed and there's and there's more tr- incoming track traffic from outside of the state moving into our market buying million plus that should tell you something and it does to me it tells me that entrepreneurs business owners and wealthy people see a huge upside in Tampa and they're investing their yes. d- their time energy and money here and other parts of the country are losing some of that. We're getting it. So to me, the person that's buying their you know own one home, you know, in an average sale price, the fact that you have that much wealth moving here and that much activity for homes above a million um, tells me that they're seeing stuff that maybe the, the the normal person isn't looking at to determine why they feel comfortable moving their family here, why they feel comfortable investing in real estate here, and why our million dollar plus market is doing so well because there's a huge upside. Yes. So so with that being said, um, it's it, it is, you know, how you market a luxury home is gonna be a little bit different. You know, your the photos, the showing setup, the you know, everything is just it's just different. So the the experience is different, the process is different, but the results can still be very much the same. We sell a lot of million dollar plus homes very quickly in our market. You know, it just it's just the reality of um, of what happens. And there's there's also an you know, I've talked about this on the radio before, but there's a lot of the high-end market that never hits the market. Right. Yeah, you have talked about that quite you know, a bit. I mean, we yeah, we just... get people that will call us and say, Hey, I want to sell my house, but I don't really want to deal with the sign in the yard and people showing up. And so here it is. Here's what I want. Bring me a buyer, kind of a thing. And they reach out to maybe a half dozen real estate agents. We get those calls all the time. And so, and then sometimes they'll say, you know what, we want you to list it. But we want you to do everything you can to protect our privacy. You know, we don't really want right. to deal with the, you know, do all the technology you want. But I only want someone coming to my house when you've checked off all these other boxes, right? And in years past, we had a hard time with people because we would say to them, "Look, you're losing so much exposure. There's this, there's that." But it's become so much of a norm now that that it's commonplace. I mean, it's something we do. We we will we will have somebody call us and say, "Hey, I have a two million dollar house to sell. Um, I want to work with you guys. I love your marketing." But I don't just want, you know, I don't want people showing it on the random. I don't want people knowing it's available. I would much rather you reach out to all the agents that sell in this price range and kind of do it behind the scenes, you know, kind of a thing. And so I remember a few years ago, you'd see this happen a lot in like Beverly Hills and Miami and celebrities and things like that. Um, celebrity homes that don't have photos of the inside because they don't want you to see the inside or they're security conscious. And, you know, you have to go through all these steps to get a look at this $10 million house. And I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, man, that's so crazy that that happens. But, it, but it's here now. You know, there's plenty of that going on. So, um, you know, pl- also plenty of areas where teardowns are selling for seven figures. Yes. I mean, you go on Davis Island right now. I mean, we've got a couple customers there right now looking at as well as selling. Uh, land for just to build a single-family home where the land is seven figures, wow. and and not even like, I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even talking like some incredible waterfront lot. I'm talking seven-figure lots in, you know, in inside, not on the water, interior lots that aren't abnormally sized or just regular size. So wow. Davis Island is something that you know we we have a lot of people looking for. So if you do have a luxury home on Davis Island, you're thinking about selling it, luxury land. We've got people looking for it. Yeah, you, you, we can set you up very strategically. You could get a bidding war, and ultimately you may have the opportunity to sell it without even going on the market for for retail price. You know, because there's enough buyer demand out there. So if that's something you're interested in, hit us up at duncanduo.com. Again, it's duncanduo.com. We're going to talk next, Um, and I think this is uh the time of year um we're starting to hit the rain season. Yes. I looked at the forecast and saw rain, 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 rain several days. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's here. Yeah. And you know what happens with rain season, Mike? When rain season starts, something else follows it. It's the storms and the hurricanes, right. and it's going to be and, here before we're a month and away. Yeah, yep. right? so, it, so it's coming. Yeah, so we're going to give you some tips about that some real estate tips as it relates to hurricane season after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo show. So, back here on the Duncan Duo show, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Snapchat pretty much all of them. Um, you know, we, we put out relevant real estate content all the time. If you're a past client of ours, if you bought or sold a home of ours and you're listening to this, please send us a direct message on any one of our social channels, because we want to add you to this private Facebook group that we have where we give away stuff. We give away hats and shirts and tickets and, um, and, and we only do that for people that have, have, have worked with us before. So this is something that we're not necessarily doing on our regular social channels, but it's for all of our past clients. I think we just gave away like a dozen lightning hats. You know, we give, we give away tickets. Yeah, all I've the seen time. some. Cool, you're so, away
1: some cool sign. Ma- yeah. I saw a signed jerseys sign, given yep. away. Some yeah. some really cool stuff. So. Yeah.
0: So make sure if you're a past client of ours, this is like a private thing that we do for all of our our special people. So uh, just send us a message on one of our socials if you hear this and you're a past client. And you want to be added to that group to get some free uh, some free swag. Um, but anyway, um, you know, moving on. You know, touched on this a little bit before the break, but you know, we're almost a hurricane season. Yes. And, you know, anytime it gets close, you know, we always have to tell people, uh, don't wait until it's too late to get your generators, to get your storm plan in place, to, um, to make sure you're, you've got flood insurance to make sure you've got, you know, the proper wind and hurricane insurance, uh, we insure the bay.com is our insurance partner. Again, it's we insure the Um, if you're thinking about getting flood insurance, get it now. Once there's a named storm out there, you can't get it. Right, they won't. So, find it. and yeah. once the storms start popping, it gets really hard to get it because then they're they're hesitant to write it. If you know, make your insurance changes now. Put your stuff in place now because here's what happens as the storm season hits: all that stuff gets more expensive. Yeah, uh, not necessarily the insurance because that's based on FEMA stuff, but like the generators, the plywood, the you know, all the things that you need for your storm uh, plan. So many people wait until it starts hitting the news that hey, we've got a storm. And then guess what? Everyone's out of everything. Down. So I want to give you a heads up. Do it now.
1: And and who knows this year if you're gonna be able to find everything, right? With all the supply chain stuff that's going on. Of course. On. And God forbid. So do it now. You know, it always happens when there's a name storm that's gonna be there. Get out there. You probably have a couple of weeks before it's gonna be all over the media everywhere. Yeah. So we're giving you kind of the you know, the tip before the tips
0: come out. Yeah, yeah so. no doubt. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, you know, I I've you know, I, I can tell you from experience. That uh if you wait until it's too late, you're gonna have problems. Yes. Um so, so get out there and do that now. Now the, the next thing I want to talk about is real estate transactions during hurricane season. And and I wanna preface this because you know it's important because I think a lot of people forget this. But when you're buying or selling a home during hurricane season, understand that the closing, and I think this is just good, good advice all the time. The closing date is a goal. Yeah, target. It's a target. Right. It is not set in stone. You know, you got to get through a lot of hoops. You got to work through a lot of things because here's what happens. Somebody can't get insurance if there's a named storm out there to have not bound coverage yet, That whether that's homeowners or flood. Um, it can cause a lot of wrinkles with real estate transactions. It can cause lenders delaying packages because they want to make the storm go through first to make sure the home doesn't, you know, sustain any major damage right. to cause risk. There's just a lot of things that cause uh, issues and our rainy season. OK, so you're a lot more likely to, you know, we I mean, I can't remember the last time it rained like substantially <laughs> here. I mean, it's been you know, a while. And so, you know, you don't catch the leaks in the roof or the leaks in the doorway or all the Very water true. penetration type stuff. You, you know, that's the kind of stuff that pops up, you know, this time of year. So, so it's something you have to pay attention to. So in addition to the insurance causing wrinkles and closing extra inspection things that you find when it's a lot more wet, when it's a lot more rainy, when you have more wind. Um, and I've noticed the wind. I feel like the wind has started to pick up too. I, you know, I live on the water, and I feel like it's been a lot more windy the last week or two than I would seen it in a while. And that's just a sign that hey, look, we're here. Yeah, it's a, we're starting
1: it, to get into that cycle.
0: Yeah. So, so again, make sure you're doing all those things ahead of time. You don't want to wait until it's too late. Um, you want to you want to get your insurance check up now. If you're thinking about flood insurance, look at it now. It is incredibly cheap. If you're not required to have flood insurance. I was just going to say. And look, understand that just because you're not required to, truthfully, does not mean your risk of getting a flood is any greater than a street over that that is required to get it. The, the way they determine how flood insurance works for the most part is the hokiest thing you've ever seen. It's basically the elevation of the property, which doesn't have a necessary – an exact – um You know, it's not an exact correlation to how likely the property is to flood. Correct. There are plenty of homes that have higher elevation and flood. Like I drive through South Tampa and there are streets that flood all the time. That are not in a flood zone, right? And then you drive through, you know, let let's just you drive through uh, town and country, and you crawl across this area. It's high and dry; never rains. But somehow the elevation there is worse. Maybe the drainage isn't as good, right. whatever. And they they don't they don't flood at all, but they have to pay flood insurance. So it's 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 almost like a. It's the craziest thing. It's like a dart that they're throwing to say, oh, well, we might guess lucky that if the elevation is low, then it's more likely to flood. And it's just not accurate. So don't take the fact that you're not required to have it that you shouldn't have it yeah you know? and a lot
1: of people out there think too that you know if a name storm came or hurricane came that they would be covered even if they don't need flood insurance if flooding happened but that's not true it Correct. only covers wind-driven rain and so if there's actually flooding from local rivers there's just too much rain and coming up it, it won't cover with your hurricane Correct. coverage and and that's where a lot of people just they don't know and i mean not you remember late. katrina
0: in new orleans i mean yeah, there were people there were billions of dollars yes. lost by homeowners that had their lives destroyed because they didn't spend $300 a year on flood yes. insurance, you know? And, and so just because it's required, doesn't mean you shouldn't at least consider it as part of your risk, uh, you know, your risk plan. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, again, we are an Island. Like we literally, Florida is literally like, I mean, not quite an Island peninsula, peninsula. whatever you yeah. want to <laughs> call it. And even ta- ta- part of Tampa is right. its own it's little peninsula. Yes, it is. So, so there's water all over the place, yeah. like all it, you know, the, the the elevation if a storm hits at a certain angle elevation isn't going to matter like you're going to get flooding and rain and water problems so so I'm a big believer and a proponent of it you know so so I would strongly recommend it again we insure the you know I'm going to move on next um, we get this question a lot the difference between a condo and a townhouse yes people don't understand this so good topic you have single family home which is like a an individual home deeded to land that you owned. Yes. Okay. That's, I think most people know for the most part, again, you have villas sometimes, but I think most people know what a single family home is. Okay. A townhouse and a condo, the difference is in a townhouse, you still, you're attached to another uh, property, at least one other unit, sometimes more, sometimes you have units on both sides. Sometimes you have units on three sides. Okay. So, and potentially even in some areas you could have units on Four sides, right? Yeah. You can in- but you own the land underneath. Yes. Okay. It is fee simple ownership. You own the land underneath, and the because it is uh, fee simple ownership and land owned and underneath, there's a lot of variation with what can happen with the with with the HOA. Sometimes in townhomes, the HOA will cover the outside or cover the roof. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes everything's a homeowners. So it's it's a very um, it's it's not as set in stone typically, um, in terms of those things. But that's the difference with a with a townhome. With a condo, a condo is a different type of ownership. With a condo, you don't own any land. With a condo, there's there's no land ownership and you're gonna be attached to other units and you tend to own a percentage of the common interest of the elements of the exactly. of the association. You pay a fee. And in condo ownership. It, you're you're gonna end up having the association managing all of the all Correct. of those things. Okay, they're gonna manage pretty much everything. It's the most maintenance free type of ownership, um, but it's also the most risk. Right. Um, and the, the reason it's the most risk is because you are putting the um, financial uh, strength of the building in the hands of other people because they're making the decisions about what's done, what's not done, how much they pay, how much they don't pay, the colors they pick, what they allow, what they don't allow, as far as rentals. You're putting so much of that in their hands, typically, um, and there's a sliding scale with that because I think any HOA community, there's a chance that you're that you're risking that. However, um, it's more so in condos because they have more control over over the maintenance and and all of those things. So, um, one simple way to know whether it's a condo or a townhouse, um, because there are times where a property, a condo, right next to another building, and there one's a townhome, one's a condo, and they look the same. Right, okay? they do look yeah. so. So, again, condo ownership, you don't own land, and t- t- fee simple ownership, you do. Townhome. Townhome ownership also can g- still qualify you for the same low down payment financing Yes, the condo ownership isn't as likely to be able to. So fee simple ownership with a townhome is treated better from a financial perspective with less down payment money because, again, there's less risk. The lender knows that condo board could screw everything up. Whereas the townhome, there's less risk of, of that happening. For sure. On townhomes, we're going to
1: treat that from a lending perspective like a single-family residence Correct. that's going to be there where a condo, we're not going to go in there. And One tip I always give people, if you're reading like the legal description, for a townhome, there's lot and block,
0: right? Yeah. It, those are the two words. Look for oh, lot sometimes and Sometimes unit. Sometimes unit. Oh, yeah. okay. It could be unit, but it is typically like you know seven lot seven, unit six, right. lot seven, block like, six. Yeah. But But- where the condo changes is it always is going to say something about common elements, yes. an undivided interest, and a point zero zero seven four percent whatever <laughs> of the common elements. Right. There's going to be something like either language about an undivided interest in the common elements or the uh, a percentage of common elements. So. So whether you're, um, you know, whether you're looking at one or the other, that's how to differentiate,
1: um, you know, the two of them. And that comes up a lot, right? And it's especially with if you're getting financing, it's a, it's a huge difference between a townhome and a condo, and what what you qualify down payment for, what the way it goes into it, the approval process. It's a big difference.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So again, that's condo versus townhomes. So if you're curious, not sure. Um, you know, don't know. um, it, It's a great thing to know the difference between the two. And, and again, the easiest way is if you're looking at the legal description, it's block, block, unit, something along those lines in a legal description. And condo's always going to say something about common elements. Yep. You know, so, so again, you're listening to Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we aren't on air. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, even TikTok. We're doing cool stuff on TikTok. Um, one of the things that we've started doing, which I think is kind of cool, if you're if you're thinking about uh, working for our company, you see me in a lot of the media stuff. You see me on TV and radio, and I'm 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 the pitch man. I'm I'm the guy. You know, I'm the founder, right, you're the and face, yeah. and so so. But. Uh, you're getting into, you're getting a little bit inside into who else works for the company so we're doing these cool videos on TikTok and Instagram where you get to meet some other people yeah. and and so it's something we've been doing just to make um you know to let people know that hey look it isn't just me there's like 50 other at least 50 other people behind me like helping yeah. serve all these clients and you get to meet some of them too so there've been some pretty funny ones that we've done like um you know like would you or uh, what was your first what why did you get into real estate and then there was um you know, what, what did you want to be before you got into real estate yeah, It was funny recently? Someone, yeah. So, um, I learned that there were, I was not the only one that wanted to be a professional athlete. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So make sure again, you're following us on all of our socials and, and, uh, we're at the Duncan duo and we'll be back wrapping up the show with our last segment after a quick break here on WFLA news. So back here on the Duncan duo show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market, Andrew Duncan of the Duncan duo team joined by Mike Corrigan with cross country mortgage. So should you use the same real estate agent to buy and sell a home? This is an interesting one, and and I'm going to give my hot take here. Okay. My hot take is no, you should not. Here's the difference, though. I think you should use the same company, okay, Okay. with the same staff and the same title company. So if you're selling and buying, especially if you're trying to do it simultaneously, you should try and do your best to keep it all in, in one place, okay? But what I've learned through you know, a few billion dollars in real estate sales is that the agent that is typically going to be a really good listing agent doesn't necessarily translate to being a really good buyer agent. I think it's two very different skill sets. Now, are there agents that that are good at doing both? Yes. Is it an anomaly? Yes. There are very few um, that I think are really good at doing both. I think typically people are, an agent is typically prefers or is better at one over the other. One is more of a professional, um, you know, negotiation, marketing job. The other one is more of a friend-building, rapport-building, um, educating job. I think they're two different skill sets. My agents that are great buyer agents have a really outgoing, um, you know, personality. Uh, they love people. They get along well with people. My best listing agents are are professional experts on price and marketing and and not as great at at certain tasks that maybe a buyer agent would be. So I tend to think that um you know that that you should use a different agent. I do like the idea of using the same company because and the same title company because I think that centralizes everything and and everyone knows what's going on. They use the same CRM, they're sure. communicating, so the parts know what's going on. Um but but I think you you know in my company for example I have agents that work with buyers and I have agents that work with sellers, and and for me I think they're just two separate processes, um, separate and unique processes that an agent is typically going to be good at one or the other. I would rather train them, coach them to do one of them really exceptionally, than have either one of them done half. You know what? Uh, I can't say that word on, <laughs> on radio. So. I would rather them become experts and really, really good at either being a listing agent or being really, really good at doing being a buyer's agent and doing a lot of them. It's no different than you know you, when you go to a doctor and let's say you've got a broken foot, you're not having a heart surgeon operate on you. You know, I, I, I believe in specialization. Sure. So I would much rather that agent do hundreds of listing transactions or hundreds of buyer transactions and be really, really good and familiar with the contracts and the forms and the steps and the process than try and... You know, try and again, half, you know what, one or the other. So so I'm a big believer in specialization. And I think similarly, like at my company, I have agents that that, that are my luxury agents. You know, I have agents that work certain parts of town.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think the more specialized you get, the better service you're giving to the client. And And again, I think you look at that, look at it in a lot of industries that way. You look at the, um, you know, in you guys' industry, you have loan officers that are really good at jumbo. You have loan officers that are really good at FHA, for sure. Um, and I think if you look in the other industries, look in the metal industry, medical industry, you have, uh, you know, doctors that are really good heart surgeons, but they don't know what's going on if you got a broken toe. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got the the legal field. You got a really good personal injury attorney, and then you've got a really good divorce attorney, and one doesn't know the, anything about what the other one does. I think buying a home and selling a home very similarly is so drastically different that it's a disservice to the client, in my opinion, if you don't get someone that's an expert and 100% focused on that specialty. Um, so again, that's my take on it. Are there people that are successful at it? Sure. Are there plenty of real estate companies that'll do it and be happy to get either one of them? Sure. Are there, are there rare real estate agents that can do both? Of course. But I tend to believe that they're generally going to be better at one or the other or like one or the other better. And I would rather take those people into my company and have them do the one that they are better at and that they like and do it a lot more. Yeah. You generally do better at the stuff you like to anyways. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. So, so again, can you, yes, should you, uh, debatable. And, and, and I obviously am a believer in, in specialization. So I'm sure I'll probably get some nasty grams from realtors telling me how they've been, They've been doing this for you know 57 years, and they're so good at it, and they're the best. And um, you know, I get this all. I, that's a, another funny one. I get all the time. I've been doing this for 24 years, and I look them up, and they did you know seven deals the last decade. It's like you've been doing it really bad for, for a long time. Like the time on the time that you've been doing that's another thing that's an anomaly that's yeah, so it's funny about the, real estate. The, right. Um, and it's so funny about our industry. Like you don't see car salesmen like, you know, posting every time they sell a car. You know, it's just right. like yes. you know, it's just like every time someone sells a house or listen, it's just our industry is just so just so different and warped sometimes. But I, but I laugh because you get the people that say like, I've been doing this for, you know, this many years and You know, just because you've been doing it a really long time doesn't necessarily mean you're good at it. You know, and and so I have agents that will sell just as many homes in one year as an average agent does in, you know, 10. Yeah. So, you know, well, the, and there's it's, sometimes it's the deal you learn in the deals.
1: And and sometimes there's something to be said for having the new, you know, hungry. newer and, and I don't want to say younger because the age, it's hungry. not about the age, but yeah, hungry. hungry going at it that's coming out successful. That's the that newer at Oh it, yeah. I mean that's that's a job.
0: target for us. I you know, I, look I hire a lot of uh, real estate agents that are in their second or third career yeah. and they may be new to real estate, but they're not new to business. They're not right. new to working hard. Um they're hungry. Um, and and so you're right. It isn't age. It's 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 time that they've done it. Sometimes the time that they've done it being short, they're more coachable. They're hungrier. They work harder. So so. But but I'm a firm believer that experience comes in transactions, not in time. Absolutely. No different than you you know you watch a professional sports team. You know, guy's been playing for ten years, but he hasn't started in seven and plays like two games a year. Versus the guy that's been in the league the second year and Absolutely. starts and plays every game. Right. You know. So it's it's time on task, not just. It's time with number of tasks, um, not necessarily uh, time where you're sitting on the bench. So well, anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. We're up against the clock. We've run out of time. But uh hope you have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay, and thanks for tuning in.